0: Welcome everybody to The Secret Glow, episode 170, I'm in just outside of Asheville, North Carolina today, really glad to have you joining us. see if I can get this back there we go welcome Jane welcome Jacqueline welcome Christopher welcome Cheryl welcome everybody thanks for sharing this moment with me Uh, been I haven't done a podcast in a while it's been uh, probably like two weeks had a really good Thanksgiving had some really Rich, family time, and uh, we're gonna ride solo today. We're gonna go into sharing some some essential truths that I've discovered along the way. Welcome, Franco. When you're entering, you can share where you're from or where you're at. You can feel free to share questions or comments. Gata, Alorana, welcome. Hey, Phyllis, welcome. She comments. Questions, stories. This is an interactive space as it always is. So feel free to share anytime and I'll look through the comments and engage in uh, a natural rhythm together. Welcome, Donna. Welcome, Sandra. Welcome, Anne Marie Pierce. Welcome, everybody. So much more fun with all of you here. This also gets recorded on. Uh, YouTube gets archived on YouTube, gets archived on, hey Heather, welcome, gets uh, archived on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, etc. So there's links there to tune in if you want to, if you're like, oh I just caught this like a couple minutes and it was just like so phenomenal and so amazing and so magical and so miraculous and I want to hear the whole thing from beginning to end, you can do that. Of course you can also rewatch it on Facebook live as well. So hi Carrie, hey Paul. So let's see where does the story begin? It begins when I was in my early 20s and I'm really sick and it's a chronic illness what we later called chronic fatigue syndrome and it's not clear what's wrong with me. Doctors can't tell me, you know, various different doctors want to um, create different diagnosis, but we're not sure, but let's just, just let's try these drugs anyway, see what happens. Um, so I start to get the realization, I start to get the clarity that the doctors aren't going to give me an answer to what's wrong with me, right? And I'm kind of what you could call rock bottom, right? I've sort of lost everything at this point. Uh, I've lost my health I've lost my my strength I'm in pain um, all day long Um, don't have energy Uh, lost my girlfriend at the time no money Um, yeah pretty much at the end of the rope right kind of what you what, what is the rock bottom hit the rock bottom hit bottom it doesn't so you can go any lower right so I start to have this realization that I need to start to look for answers myself I need to start to find the answer for myself I need to find out why is there suffering why am I suffering what is happening in me not not just what's happening in me individually but what's happening in us collectively right I'm a representation of the whole so I start to delve into this question. I start delving into this question wholeheartedly, with all of my heart, all of my mind, all the energy I have, which wasn't that much, but everything I have I give to this it's like a soul point soul purpose, one pointed intention to find out why am I suffering? What is the truth? Right. Can I access it? I start reading books. Whatever I could access, I start reading. Go to the library, picking up books and I start to recognize the mind-body connection. I start to realize that the mind and the body are connected. I didn't know that before, before this point. So that's what goes, if the mind and body are connected, then what I'm feeling in my body is related to what I'm thinking in my mind. And what's related to what I'm thinking in my mind is consciousness itself. So I start to open to explore consciousness and look at consciousness as the root of suffering that's a huge shift right that's a huge opening because before I thought that suffering was external it was something that was outside of me right that's was, this was my feeling that it was something that was outside of me and so there was a the sense that suffering was something that was imposed from society parents um, culture politics Material world, lack of material world, um, you know, like something that's not here but out there somewhere. And I start to recognize that there's something at the root of consciousness, which is where the suffering is. And I need to access, I need to find out what is this root of, of suffering, right? So this leads me to yoga. This leads me to the Eastern teachings. This leads me to teachings out of India. This leads me to teachings around the realm of um, Zen, um, Taoism, Buddhism, mystical realms of Hinduism, etc. Right. So I start exploring these realms, and I start trying to uncover and discover what is the root of this suffering, right, and I'm exploring, reading whatever I can, one book leads to the next, leads to the... so you read a book and they mention an author, or they mention a teacher, so then you go look up that teacher, you read that, he mentions this person, you look up that, so it's like you're following, like, it's almost like you're a detective, like you're following this trail of clues, this trail of clues uncovering this essential question. Right? And it led me to a book called I Am That. I Am That. It was big letters on the front said I Am That. That was the cover. And, the, and the, um, it was a book based on transcripts spoken by a teacher named Niswatagata Maharaj. Sri Niswatagata Maharaj from India. Um, also, I was delving into Krishnamurti at the time as well. And I start to uncover something that forever changed my life, forever changed my life and was the single most essential discovery I've ever made. Nothing else even comes close, right? It's in Christianity, there's a term called born again. And... It is a feeling when you have this realization, there's a feeling of like everything that you experienced before this point is over. Favorite Krishna Murdy book, hmm. Melissa's asking me favorite Krishna Murdy book. Uh I like it's hard to say. I like I like multiple the ones that I kept the one that I kept by my side the most was The Awakening of Intelligence. Um however the, I really like his journals, the writing in the journals where really there's just this poetic flowing of what's around and how that creates insights inside him into what's happening and what he notices in himself as well. But this particular point, it's like everything before this point is seen as over, like um, an endpoint. And also at the same time not even actually real right and then after this point it's like it is really like being born again like it's like a new life a new opening a new beginning and what started this shift for me was this looking into this fundamental question which is who am I really who am I really and I started to realize this is the fundamental question that it's at the root of every other question that I'm looking at. I've also started delving into um, teachings of Ramana Maharshi who, who has a meditation inviting this question. Who am I? Who am I really, right? And so I started to realize that the root of suffering, the root of um, the sense of being disconnected or out of alignment in the human condition and in this world comes from not knowing, not realizing who we really are and not living from the place of who we truly are in this world. Having a paradigm shift. Fantastic. That's why we're here for a paradigm shift. So stay with me. It's going to get better. So in this, in this, exploration is inquiry I remember a particular point with the book I am that and there was one line and the line said something to the effect of even the body is a thought even even having a body is a thought and there was like a shift Something just like exploded. And before that point, I thought that I was inside the body. You know, I was a little guy inside the body, kind of looking around, you know, at this big world, this big giant world outside of me, and trying to get from here to there and this this point to that point. And now something explodes. And and there's this recognition, recognition that the body is an idea inside of me. In fact, everything is an idea inside of me. In fact, everything I'm ever noticing and ever experiencing and ever encountering is nothing but an idea inside of me. Every thought is an idea inside of me. Every emotion is an idea inside of me or an emotion inside of me. Every experience is an experience inside of me. So then the question becomes, well then, who's the me? Who am I? Now to go into that question, I had to, I had to look at it and say, well, the I is constant. The I is unchanging, right? So what is it? That's unchanging. That's the fundamental question. If if you anyone who's exploring the question, who am I? The first the, the the next most essential question is: what is it that's unchanging? Thoughts are changing, every thought is changing, beliefs are changing, every belief is changing, emotions are continuously changing, the physical body is continually changing, the external world around me is continually changing, even on a, on a molecular level, things that look solid like a table, right, are continually changing. Relationships are continually changing. Where I live is continually changing, even if I'm in the same house for 50 years, this, the, 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 on, again, on a, on a, on a, on a uh, more specific molecular level, everything's changing, right? So, so I start to notice like everything that has a form, that has a shape, that has a size, is continually changing, continually and endlessly changing. The amount of money I have is continually changing, right? So I can't look for safety and security and things that are continually changing. What is it that's continually changing? Everything is continually changing. Everything that I experience in every single moment is continually changing. So, I can't look for safety and security in things that are continually changing. I can only look for safety and security in that which is unchanging. What is it that's unchanging? What is it that's unchanging? I am that which is unchanging. That's the fundamental moment that changed my life, right? I am that. Which is unchanging. I am that which is unchanging. So amidst everything that I encounter which is changing, I am that which is unchanging. Now there's no word to describe what I am, what we are, right? Because whatever word we say can only point at something that is, un- that is changing. But I am not a thing. I am nothing that is changing. So the closest words I can use are words like space, silence, spaciousness, stillness, infinitude, the infinite. That's me. That's me and that's you. That's the essence of who and what we are. That's the truth of who and what we are. And that moment of realization is the moment that changes your life. There's nothing else that's going to change your life in any fundamental, significant way. There's nothing else that's going to change your life in any fundamental, significant way. It's like changing um, furniture inside a prison. You know, you can make the bed a little bit more comfortable, move the couch from here to there, you know, put a different painting on on the prison wall, but you're still in prison. You're still on the prison in the illusionary sense of who you thought you were. You're still on the illusion of the ego, right? You're still you're still inside those prison bars. But when you recognize who you really are, you recognize that there's no need to escape the prison because you were never in the prison to begin with. You're like the open sky with a, a million... Twinkling stars above the prison at night. That's who you really are. So, this realization is a realization that changes everything. And until you explore this realization, and it's really so simple, like it's actually logical, it's rational, it's practical, it's directly experienced in the moment it's 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 not it's not difficult but because we are so addicted to the mind and we're so addicted to thinking and we're so addicted to solving problems through thinking it seems difficult if you're just if you're just walking around and around and around in the prison looking for a way out it seems really difficult right until you realize you're actually not in the prison at all then you have the great liberation. You have the great openness. You have the great expanse. Sandy says, I haven't inquired this far. Thank you. Yes, I am the everything. Now, I want to make an important point about that, which is the next kind of opening. I call it the integration, right? So there's this opening to recognizing yourself as that which is unchanging, that which transcends the form, that which transcends all passing phenomena. So in spiritual texts and spiritual teachings, it's common at this point to say, I'm not the body, I'm not the mind, I'm not the emotions, I'm not what I experience, right? But that realization is partial because that realization creates a duality. It creates a separation. I am not I am not of this world. I am not um, I'm not a. I'm not a part of worldly things, right? It creates a separation, and the truth of who you are is paradoxical. So the truth of who you are, as Sandy said, I am everything, means I am not what I'm experiencing. I'm not the passing thoughts. I'm not the passing feelings. I'm not the passing experiences, and I'm also everything that I'm experiencing. Everything, not just not just one part, not just the good part, not just the part that I like, not just the part that makes me feel good, not just the, the part that I want to talk about, not just the part that I want to relate to, everything. Everything. Absolutely everything. So I am absolutely nothing, and that's my that's the fundamental essence of who I am. And I'm absolutely everything. And that's where the unconditional love arises. That's where the unconditional love arises. If you don't recognize yourself as everything, then there's not true unconditional love. And there's not true unconditional self love because you're going to find parts, you're going to find aspects of yourself that you don't like. Right? But if you recognize yourself as everything, then there's this absolute absolute fundamental self-love for yourself and absolute love for all you encounter because all you ever encounter are aspects of yourself. This is what, from my perspective, was Jesus, his realization or the Christ consciousness, the awakening of Christ consciousness. Love your enemies. Why do you love your enemies? Because you're just loving an aspect of yourself. It's not something you have to try to do or try to work hard at or um, learn how to do. It's an instant It's an instant um, perception. It'd be like looking at your right hand and looking at your left hand, right? And then looking at your wrist and your elbow, all parts of yourself. So the sense of me extends outward when you have an opening of Christ consciousness to recognize that, My elbow is myself, and my wrist is myself, and my hand is myself, but also you're myself. You're myself. And that person that I thought was my enemy, they're myself as well. So now I love my enemies, because my enemies are myself. I love everyone, right? Because everyone Is myself. It's natural, it's easy, it's it's there's an effortless quality to it. It's just recognizing aspects of yourself. Now, when you when we talk about love, it doesn't mean that you like everything everybody does, or you like everyone's behavior, or you don't have a preference of this over that. But there's this tremendous absolute intimacy. And intimacy is the appropriate word here. So what you're experiencing from someone else is so intimate. It's as if you're the one doing it or you're the one saying it or you're the one thinking it or you're the one feeling it. Because you are the one thinking it and you are the one feeling it and you are the one saying it and you are the one doing it. There's only one. If there's, if there's a fundamental spiritual realization, it's that there's only one. There's only one. And if there's only one, then, who is that one? must be you. you must be that one because if there was anything separate from you, there would be two, right? So I am absolutely nothing this was this was Buddha's great realization, right the absolute emptiness, the absolute void. no self. I am absolutely nothing and then I'm absolutely everything that arises within this absolute emptiness, this absolute nothingness. I'm absolutely everything that arises within it. So then I'm absolutely everything and absolutely nothing. And then I had to add a third element, which took a while to add, right? So I'm absolutely nothing, I'm absolutely everything, and I'm something in particular. And that's the full integration. Right, so I'm absolutely nothing, infinite spaciousness, silence, stillness, the void. That's the essence of who I am. When this, body, when this body disappears, if there's no thoughts, if there's no feelings, if there's no experiences, I, the I am, still exists. Right, and this is the tremendous freedom. This is the great liberation. This is the great empowerment that I, the essence of who I am, the I am, transcends birth and death. So you can't kill me, and you can't you can't um, give me life or death, right? So I'm free. I'm free. This is the great liberation that so many different teachers and mystics have spoken about from many different cultures and places for thousands and thousands of years, different texts, different writings, different, right? So this is that great realization. And then I'm also everything. I'm also everything that I encounter, everything I experience. It seems like there's a separation between the observer and the observed that I'm here and you're there. But actually there's no separation. And it's, again, it's not hard to realize it. It's only hard if you try to think about it. It's, it's actually quite obvious, right? If you look at when you're dreaming, it's the same thing. When you're in the depth of a dream, a dream seems exactly as real as this right now, which is why I say this is a dream also. It's all dreams within dreams within dreams, right? But let's just stick to you're, you're, your, you're in your bed, you're sleeping peacefully, everything is quiet and still, and you're dreaming right maybe you're in the jungle and you have a spear and you're chasing a lion and there's there's you know it's raining outside right so you have this this rich rich and you're having a conversation with the, the people in your tribe and you know they're telling you things and you're telling them things and when you're in that, when you're in that dream the dream is real in fact the dream is all there is there's different people there's different ideas there's there's relational conflicts you know, there's a whole landscape, there's, there's space, there's time, there's movement. And then you wake up. And you go, whoa. That seems so real. But yet, the only thing that was really happening was just me laying in this bed all those people that I was talking to and all those things that were happening and all those things I was so afraid of and all those things I am excited about, like none of that actually even existed. And so there's only, the realization is there's only one consciousness. There's only one consciousness in which all these dreams and stories and ideas and the play of space and time is happening, right? And all these dreams and stories and the play of space and time is happening within this infinite consciousness, which is the essence of who we are. And that's the realization. And it allows you to play so much more freely and openly within the realm of space and time. It liberates you. It liberates you absolutely and completely. And then within that realization, you realize yourself as absolutely nothing, absolutely everything, and something in particular. So, if someone comes to me and says, where are you born, "You know, how old are you, what's your work, what's your job? I can answer those questions because there's, there's something, there's a particular story of a me that's arising within this consciousness. Right? So I can acknowledge and honor that story without being attached to it as who I really am. That's the integration. Because if you don't integrate, then you're again creating a separation. Creating a separation of the something in particular. So you can acknowledge the something in particular, the story of me while recognizing it's not the essence of who you really are without getting attached or identified with it. And then there's the ability to recognize that what you perceive as reality, as hardened material existence is what in the East they call the play of Leela, the play of a story. And there's the potentiality then because you recognize and realize the story as a story. And what is a story? It's all story. That's the recognition, that's the realization. It's all story. Anything that has a beginning, a middle, and an end is a story. And you start to recognize that it's, everything you're experiencing is a story. You start to recognize that you, the essence of who you really are, the infinite intelligence, has the potential to create and co-create the story. And that's what gives life its meaning and its purpose and its playfulness and its adventure and its fun is each moment writing the story, writing the story each moment. It's much like it's it's a creative energy and what we what we our deepest essence is to create to create each moment to be in a creative energy each moment each moment each moment now 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 being a creative energy and that's when we feel most alive and that's when we recognize the timeless essence of who we truly are at the same time I'm gonna take a breath I'm going to get a sip of water and if anyone has any questions or comments feel appreciate I've been following I've been following along with the uh, the comments Uh, along the way here as well and I'm appreciating everybody's comments and input let me just tell you a couple other things that happened since that point um as that journey came in of of self-realization and the integration phase came in after that, there was a calling to support other people and share um, with other people this awakening of self-realization and self-actualization together and how I can support um, others in the world. Creativity is intelligence having fun. I like that. I like that, Sandy. Thank you. So I've been offering uh, complimentary coaching sessions to anyone who would like one. So um, I'm not sure if I have the link up or not. I'll check if I do or I don't. And if I don't, I'll put it up there. But you just, um, if it's not there, you can just message me personally. And um, you just fill out a link to schedule a time to do a session with me. And then there's a little questionnaire that's very helpful, about five minutes to, to fill out um, so we can be focused on the session, and then um, and then we do it, and then I'll offer you some ways to plug in um some coaching packages as well, and that's been really powerful for people. um, it's really powerful for me too. It's like the you know there's this idea that we are independent. And that's good because it gives us a sense of responsibility and empowerment from within ourselves. But from that place of responsibility and empowerment within our spouse, if we're truly empowered, then we and we truly have a sense of self-love, and we truly value ourselves. Then we ask for support. You know, we ask for support, and we get that support. So it's it's really powerful to have support um, on this path, and it's been a gift of mine to offer that for people for over 10 years now doing personal sessions, so just um, send me a note, fill out the link, there's just two steps, and then we'll do a personal coaching session and explore some ways to further support you, get to know you more. Um, The other thing I want to tell you about is the online community that I have, which is really been wonderful. This is every Wednesday. I do group coaching session with people, and um, we're supporting each other and really just Awakening to who we really are and expressing that in the world, you know, so integrating that in the world and that's the bigglow.com slash online the bigglow.com slash online is a seven-day free trial and People have really been tapping into the depth of this um, awakened consciousness. I'm talking about and really been feeling significant shifts in the expression of that in this world so for me when you realize who you really are, there's, there should be a fundamental shift in this world of how you're expressing yourself in your relationships, your mind, your emotions, your work, your sense of community, your sense of family, your finances, all the primary aspects of your life, there's a fundamental shift because you are coming now from an unlimited consciousness, where you were in a very tight limited conscious in that little prison I mentioned earlier, there's a liberation to create from this awakened unlimited consciousness. And um, there's nothing more exciting than delving into who you really are and expressing it in the world. Right, so that's but that's been amazing. Thebigglow.com slash online. Several of you that are on right now are part of the group. I'll be on there tomorrow helping people to delve in deeper. There's, a, there's opportunities to delve in with me personally on there, personal coaching sessions in the group. And that's a seven day free trial. It's just $38 a month after that. So, very inexpensive compared to other groups, other coaching groups of the same ilk. Um, and then there's the, we're doing um, coaching, we're doing, uh, excuse me, retreats uh, as well. So, we have a um, New Year's retreat. So, if you want a little different way of bringing in the New Year than some of you have been, have been bringing it in. This is with meditation and yoga and breath work and mindfulness walks and really great discussions and really great healthy food. Um, And that's in uh, North Florida outside of Gainesville. It's our second annual New Year's retreat. And then we have two silent retreats. Um, This has been kind of a dream of mine that I've been bringing in with the silent retreats. So there is a tradition of silent retreats, something called Vipassana, right? Where people sit for hours and they're silent. But what I wanted to bring in and what I have brought in is a silent retreat that brings the element of embodiment, right, where you can move, where you can do yoga, where you can go for mindfulness walks, where you can dance, where you can um, do breath work, where you can really engage your body in a healthy way and also be in the restorative power of silence, the incredible restorative power of silence and the, the silence that allows you to recognize in a deeper level creates the support, environmental support, to realize who you really are. Um, So that's happening in Thailand, um, January 18th to the 21st, and then back in Florida, March 23rd to March 25th. And um, there's other things happening too, but those 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 are three things I wanted to point out to you. The personal coaching sessions, which are complimentary coaching sessions, the online group. Where you delve in deeper as a group, group coaching, and that starts tomorrow. And the retreats, and then there's this—the podcast, which uh, just kind of happens when it happens. This is episode 170, and it's evolved. I've been having guests quite often, which has been amazing. We have just incredible dialogues um, on here with uh, interesting people, and then I still want to, once in a while come on here my own and uh, share things. There's, there's a different quality to it when I come on this way and uh, share with you in this format. So this is a gift and I, it's, it's always more enjoyable for me when there's a good healthy amount of people in here commenting and asking questions and hitting the heart button and hitting the wow button and getting engaged. Because I think the era that we're in right now, it's about community, it's about interactivity, it's about um, engaging as a group. So grateful for your presence here. Welcome Dina, thanks for being here. And um, the last thing I want to say is I'm going to, I'm going to follow up on in a, in a, a subsequent, some subsequent podcast is I've been exploring the relationship between this self-realization and science and scientific, the um, the act of scientific observation and I feel like I'm on the edge of something that's like completely groundbreaking right that transcends this idea we have of an objective reality so the premise I have is that there's which is kind of the way I'm operating is that there's no objective reality at all right but if there's no objective reality and you know this is kind of the realization of the mystics throughout time so I'm not saying I'm the first one that's ever looked at this looked at it this way but um, but science is actually relatively new in the history of humanity right so we've had a lot of technological breakthroughs through science science a lot of advances through science but science hasn't helped us at all to discover ourselves and science hasn't helped us at all to be empowered and it really hasn't helped us on a fundamental level to transcend suffering, it's helped us relatively. Again, it's like kind of moved around some furniture in the prison. There's been some, you know, we, we live longer. So essentially, you could say we suffer longer um, and so forth, right? So there, there's definitely been advances, uh, medical advances through science, obviously. But the fundamental shift of getting to the root of suffering hasn't come through science. So, Science is based on observation, based on based on observing objective truths, right? Based on observing an objective material world. But when you get into quantum physics, you start to, is this a wave or is it a particle? There starts to be a disillusion of this solid reality of an objective material world. So I want to explore that more here. With you guys, and bring on some people that I can explore that with. And I think we're at a, we're at a, we're at a real breakthrough in consciousness um, that questions some of the fundamental things we've taken as, as truth through science um, in the last few generations. Yeah, send me some uh, send me some stuff from him, Melissa. I know he's one of the people I want to research more. So maybe something that that kind of ties in what I'm just talking about. You could send me. I'm also interestingly enough, kind of circling back to Deepak Chopra. I'm noticing he's got something, something he calls qualia science. Qualia science, which is that the, which is exactly what I just said. That there's no actually observable um, objects in reality, but they're things that are rising within our consciousness, within our collective consciousness. So this idea that there's a there's a material world outside of us is when you awaken, seem, seem to be like a dream. When you're dreaming at night, there seems like there's a material world outside of you, but there's actually not, right? And it's the same right now. It seems like there's a material world and there's, there's distance and there's time and there's space, but it's all within the realm of consciousness, right? So, so how does that transform our science? There's like this new level of science. So we had the quantum science, and Deepak's talking now about qualia science and it's gonna shatter so much of what we had previously thought to be true right so um, stay tuned for that and uh, I think that's it for now maybe we'll take a couple deep breaths together and I uh, just have a little closing meditation take a deep breath inhale Exhale, inhale, and exhale, and inhale, and exhale. Allow these truths to integrate inside you. Feeling that we are always one with the deepest truth, with the deepest sense of love, inner peace, empowerment, and freedom. It's the essence of who we are. And we bring that into every moment we encounter in love with the divine light, which is you. Thank you all for being here. See you in the next now.